Hello guys and welcome back to Profession Up with me, your host, Ali. We've had a slight break, it's been a hectic time for me, so apologies for that, but we are back. Uh, and firstly, Happy New Year, because I haven't had the opportunity to say it to you guys in person. Hope the year started off well, um, and I'm really excited for our next episode. It's episode four, and this time I have a friend of mine, actually, Ronan Hines. Ronan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. How no, are you? Good. I'm very good, thanks. It's good to have you on. Um, so, just a quick intro about Ronan before we jump in. Ronan Hines is a graduate from Lancaster University uh, with a degree in computer science, and you only graduated this summer, just gone, didn't you? That is correct. So, a fresh graduate we have with us today. Uh, and he's currently working as a front-end developer at GuyCat, which is a specialist provider and consultancy of custom e-learning solutions and LMS services. And like I mentioned, Ronan is a front-end developer working with the likes of Lego, uh, Amnesty International, uh, and L'Oreal. So some some big names there uh, for, for you know from someone who's just come out fresh from university. How have you how are you finding it, Ronan? Yeah, it's uh, some pretty big fish. I was I was never expecting to be. Um quite involved with those sort of companies but um yeah it's incredible i think that it's one of these jobs that once you've, you you dream of like you think that ah oh, this is you want to find industry straight away and really get in there get going and mm. find your passion and mm. i've been lucky enough to get it already that's brilliant i mean that's fantastic so i mean tell us a bit more about what a front-end developer actually does what does it mean for, you know someone like me who has absolutely no clue uh, my tech skills, they're all right. Yeah, well, uh, we've seen it. Um, the, the inside knowledge is that I have provided the tech assistance on this very that podcast is true. in the past. Thank, thank, you, to, thank you to your services. Um, but no, tell us a bit more about uh, what a front-end front developer does. What, what, what does that consist of? What does that entail? Sure. So I, I like to split it into two sections. You've got user interface and user experience. So the user interface side is all about the design, how it looks and how, how it feels. So when that user goes onto a platform, in my specific case, it's after learning management systems, what does the client want for their user to see? Like what's gonna keep them engaged and keep them coming back? And the second part is user experience, probably the area I've got more like knowledge in, which is about, okay, how do we optimize this experience so that what, the, what that client desires actually happens so they actually go to this certain course or they actually engage in this learning plan it's all, all of these are options that need to be considered mm. and the user interface the way it looks should completely coexist with the way it functions and that's mm. what my job is to combine those two things that's brilliant that, that's i mean that's really interesting um i mean for someone um who's come out of university probably what how many months has it been now well, not even like, a year yet no, is that, uh, nine months nine months okay so you've been out of university nine not months. even actually yeah yeah not even um and you know it was the mid it went went and when did you get the job what month was that around so august august uh, and that's when um post lockdown one um but the job market was already absolutely trashed by that it point. was yeah it was and rough. it you know it, and i know as well not to uh, you know feed your ego here um uh, which is easy to do uh, <laughs> but no i'm kidding but i mean you were one of the only few people on our cohort of friends um who you know you got a job straight away and and you, you know it, it was you were in a really good position uh considering the situation we were in and that and you know that was fantastic for you what what do you say to people who you know who are who, who, who just are applying for jobs upon jobs upon jobs you know there are people applying for hundreds of jobs what 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 is it that gets you in there what is you know application tips 
interview tips? How, what was the process like for you? Well, I think the first thing I have to say is I was like, and I'm not gonna, I don't wanna put myself down, but equally I was very, very lucky. I think that essentially many people might spend 10 years of their career trying to find an industry that they actually can get into mm. and enjoy and not see it as a nine to five, but see it as actually a passion project. Mm. I managed to, on a load of applications, get asked for an interview for a comp- my favorite company that fit my CV to a T. And it just to clarify, out. they're not paying him to say that. No, <laughs> no, one's, no one's paying for that. No, don't worry. Don't worry. Um, but no, it's like, I, I think that's the point, right? As if I can sit here and say yeah. that. But um, I guess the story I have to tell is that the fact that I was really struggling in that first lockdown, it had got to the summer. I'd returned home from university from a very fun time at university, and I was like, oh, I don't enjoy this. I'm really not enjoying the this situation. So I was applying for like various roles in various industries. And eventually I think about a month and a half had passed and I hadn't really got, I got to some interviews maybe, some video interviews beforehand, but never anything concrete. Um, never, any, any, never any in-person or like official interview. Mm, mm. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'm gonna spend two days nonstop applying for jobs. And the way that will work is I'll apply for 40 jobs in two days. Wow. Which is like, it was not the, it's the most boring two days probably ever but I thought you know what end of the day it's a numbers game and yeah, I think that sometimes you've got to play the game so I applied 40 jobs and I heard back from two wow uh, got offered interviews for both went to the guy cat interview and uh, and what I will say is that, that part of those two days was writing cover letters that were specific to each company yeah. trying to find information about that company it's not like it was no walk in the park, but it was after I got offered an interview and then offered the role after that, it was completely worth it. So I guess my advice is, yes, there is luck, but you can like increase your chances of luck happening by just playing the numbers game, mm-hmm. by just applying. So at the end of the day, it, it will boil down to the time you put into it, I suppose, and how much, you know, how much time you're willing to put into it, but also how many you're willing to apply to essentially is what it comes down to. Cause... I, th- I think that what I've learned since um, has changed. I, I think that before I thought it was more luck um, since then, and I'll, we'll probably get into that. I think it's sometimes what I've noticed from seeing other applicants for this company um, is that what would be good and what not is not always shown is that passion. I think yeah. people often forget that at the end of the day, an employee wants to hire you because they want to trust that you will represent the company. Yeah. They want to trust that, oh, you're not you're gonna turn and turn up for work and actually have a value add to the company. Mm. And that's the bottom line, what employers want. And I think sometimes that might be lost like, from her friends that I've heard and that maybe that that's not the direction they're focused on. They've just been listing, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. Yeah, no, talk yeah. about why you did it, why that was a passion for mm. you. And I think a lot of this, and I think that's a really important point because you're picking up on the fact that it, it it's about something that you're interested in and have a passion for. And I think your experience before GuideCat as well, probably to some extent proves that this was an area which you were super into um, before you even thought about career in it. Um, I mean, I, you, you did, what was it, Lockdown Jams? Um, that you know I, I think the listeners would love to hear a bit about that well actually so, so tell us tell us what that was all about so actually so this is again the other bit of advice is that 
at the end of the day, I think employers are looking for someone they want to go to work with, someone they want to be able to sit next to. There's a theory I've heard in the past, which is, uh, would you want to have a pint with them, and would you trust them to look after your dog? Mm. You want to let your, you want to let whoever's hiring you think that yes, they could chat to you at a pub. It doesn't matter if you drink alcohol. Would they want to sit yeah, to you in a yeah. pub? And like, would they trust you if they're dog? And it's like obviously that then is then applied to the business. And I think that what I did, which was interesting, is that during first lockdown at the very start in March, I thought, you know what, I've got all this free time. How am I going to utilize it? Yeah. Um, so I started a competition called Lockdown Jams, uh, which was started off as just like a little f- fun project with a few of us and end up getting like 32 people applying to be in this competition where I judge their album choices. It was a very yeah. weird position given I have no music qualifications. <laughs> but, and uh, can I just say for someone who has no music qualifications, you were very hard, you were very <laughs> hard to judge. You didn't do too well. And I didn't get very far, uh, which I think is quite uh, unfair considering my the, the, you know what I submitted. But anyway, we won't get into that because I think we might. We, this mm-hmm. might not end very but well. What what I found with that, which was great, uh, was yeah, sure, it was a really fun passion project. And part of some of the things I've done every year in my life, I've tried to do a creative project. But the best bit about this one was that actually it probably played a really big role. I've since found out in getting me hired because nice. what they were looking for in specifically our team was someone with a bit of energy, someone mm. who they felt could come in and represent the, the company in front of clients, etc. And they saw that video. I did a bit of a comedy sketch beforehand that was a bit creative, showed nice. that different side of me. I created a logo for the competition. And that combination of things I've since and been a, told. I mean, and a, the websites as well, yeah, for Lockdown Jams. Exactly. Well, so um, that all just all combined into hopefully giving me something to, t- and something to talk about, like mm-hmm. who, what employer doesn't want to hear about a pa- just something that they oh, just want to hear you're passionate all they want to hear is that you have some sort of energy absolutely. inside of you especially and, now oh absolutely and I think so, I think this actually harks back exactly to what our first guest Andy Street said as his closing remarks which were Ali in this current situation that we're in it's so hard um, to get experience in exactly what you want to do that the only way you can actually go about it is by starting your own thing. You know, mm-hmm. you know, start your own side hustle. You know, do do whatever you need to do to get to, to get the experience you want in your own little uh, capacity. Absolutely, I think that in I know it might that might be more difficult in other industries. But yeah, if someone absolutely. is looking for a degree in tech, if you don't have a portfolio and you're looking for, especially ed- I work in design and even more so in design. But honestly, I think it's across the board in software. You need to have a portfolio. You need to show projects where you've thought about different technologies, mm. where you've explored them, because mm. they want to hear you just try again. It's uh, I'll keep repeating it because I think it's the biggest thing. It's that oh, you want you've got passion and you want to learn outside of that. Right. No, I've got you, and I think that no, it's really really important points raised there. I mean, we were talking about let you know, let's narrow down a bit on on tech specifically. Um, you know, I think every sector at the moment is going to be facing such serious challenges because of the situation we're in. Uh, and I think, you know, you can say that across the board. But let, I mean, tell us a bit more about, you know, the sector that and the industry that you work in, so specifically tech. What do you think are the major obstacles facing students, you know, who are, who are graduating soon uh, or even people who have graduated and are looking for careers in tech? What are the biggest obstacles facing them and how do they, how do they get past those? I think that it's often it's that lack of this, this, the world of software, the world of tech is so broad that while it's really, it's really easy to think that 
you should spread yourself and learn everything. I think actually, if you can find that particular area you have a passion for, sometimes it's better to learn that niche. If you want to apply for a role, you learn some spe- specific software around that and you sort of try and master, have become a master at it. So that way you can say, look, this is something I can bring to a company. This is a different area. And I guess the other side of it, and it's unfortunately a stereotype that is unfortunately sometimes true. And it's that, that side of the social element. Often people in tech, they really need, don't, they struggle to express themselves, express right. like that, that sort of, fun like this the fun side yeah. of it the bit like oh actually i would want to, you, you to look after my dog yeah. i want to have a point with you like and that's something that i like maybe the lockdown jams that little mm. silly project i did actually showed it was like okay it's, it's not just sitting behind what like play, playing on my computer just working every mm. single day I actually have something a bit more to it mm. absolutely absolutely i think that, that's bang on that just summarizes it quite well i think um so i mean, tell us a bit more about your job then so you know what? What's one project that you've worked on since starting at GuideCat, which you think really, um, you know, you enjoyed specifically? What 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 does an interesting day look like for you at GuideCat? For sure. So I think that since my time, what I've loved about the company, and I think it's the nature of it being a small company, and nature of the sort of ethos there. Mm. It's they promote growth, and what I've really tried to do is I've sort of learned my stuff and moved along as and I've, as I've moved across. I've took on bigger bigger challenges, I've tackled them, and then thought, okay, let's try something new. And that becomes especially clear when it speaks to like clients. I've had a, what I thought was, okay, I could sit back, shadow, listen, or you know what, I could really try and work on these skills and start on smaller clients and really think, okay, what, what are the senior people doing in this, these calls? Why don't I mimic that? So mm-hmm. that's really what started the foundation. And what I'd say is now that my day-to-day three months ago has changed completely. Now it's a lot oh, wow. more speaking to clients, working out with the client, what is that user experience? What is that user journey that they're acquiring and how can we help achieve that? And that those that framing of the conversation has changed the career as a whole. And so, for example, one of my really exciting projects that um, that's coming in is one I've re- recently aiming to sell, which is um, a really new look at gamification. So right. what that is is basically promoting some sort of leaderboard and like reward scheme for users to at the company to keep completing oh, wow. so um the yeah. idea of it being that they could they earn coins and they co- and eventually if they earn enough coins they get a prize and there's also a leaderboard to compare to the people else so in their company. this this would be within within the company yeah. itself so no, not within within a, within a, a, client, a client's company. yeah yeah, course, yeah, yeah. yeah so um the idea being that you know what users will keep coming back because it isn't this bore, like a boring like mm. mandatory training actually it's all oh, this fun creative outlook at a project that brings them back it lets them compete against each mm. other there's prizes they can run competitions and it's that side of things is that the biggest thing in my industry in e-learning in my, my belief is that people think that users will come back because you've got good content and it's absolutely true yeah. that's important but it's where I come in as this front end developer is actually it's about how good is that system they're using? Like when they, how are you getting the user to that content? Yeah, how are you making yeah. sure they go to the right courses? And then how are the com- users communicating with each other? So I guess these are all things that I have to consider and then speak to, to the client. Mm. And I found that the best thing about my role is with that knowledge, I've learned more and then I can speak that to the client and the best thing about it is it's now starting to become sales we can start selling right. this work we can tell a client oh 
this is how you're currently using your system, here's how we can help to optimize it, here's how we can make it look like, one, one of the other things we do is we restyle the, the learning management systems so we make them look like the best learning management systems you can get worldwide yeah, and we're yeah. probably the best at like what we do sort of thing in, within our industry so it's just really cool to be able to, my day to day is work with these big clients and sort of transferring their vision into reality within their learning management system. That no, that is on, and you know what? We've spoken about your job, but I didn't know it to this level. Yeah. And I think that is actually amazing. Um, but no, that's fantastic. That's really really interesting. Um, and you know, we're almost at the end here. But before we before we close up, what is your piece? And I ask all of the guests this. I think what is your piece of parting advice um, to students um, or to graduates who are looking to go into tech? I know we've covered it a bit, but. What is your piece of parting advice for someone right now who's sat in their bedroom applying for hundreds and hundreds of jobs? What do you have to say to them? Mm-hmm. And I think I think like there's we have to recognise, and I, I've I've seen the, le- the the caliber of CVs as in the recent months. It's not easy the mm. way people are people are applying with much years of experience. However, that when we were when peak companies are hiring, that doesn't mean that's the end game actually what as i've said and it's going to be the title of this podcast for me is the <laughs> fact that it's all about that passion project Absolutely, yeah what i my parting advice is find something that you can talk to that you're passionate about if it can be relevant to the industry you're applying for even better but if you can have a project that you might have say it's tech whether you've learned html css if you want to work in sort of what i do in that user experience in that front-end development you've got to build a website you've got to learn something that puts you apart not even puts you apart, but it shows that actually this is something you wanted to do because you wanted to do it, not because you wanted to impress the, impress the employer. And I think that's the distinction that Absolutely. not enough people would see. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure from my part. Thank you so much for coming. It's been um, delightful. I'm, I love talking about myself <laughs> and my job. So. Oh, no worries. That way, no. That's why I invited you. Um, no, but thanks for coming here and pleasure to have you. Take care. Thank and you very thank much. And thank you all for listening.